We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish. I am joined as always by the prepared Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going? Doing well. Uh, this is an early morning pod for us, so those <laughs> usually those usually mean that I'm the one getting roasted, but I'm surprised you didn't this time. I'm, I'm glad. I'm doing it to myself now, but because <laughs> I look tired, I feel like I sound tired. <laughs> but we're here. We're ready to talk Bucks basketball because it has been a good weekend of Bucks basketball. But before we get into that, make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Five-star review wherever you can. We'll read out a review at the end of the show. Um, subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to the Substack. All that good stuff. Ty, let's get into it. Let's do it. I think there is I think there's one thing we almost have to start with, but we'll talk about the Bucks playing good basketball first cuz that was so refreshing and nice to see solid just strong wins on back-to-back nights to start off the West Coast trip against the Blazers who okay. The Blazers just traded away their second and third maybe best players as currently constructed, at least two of the top four, depending on how you feel about Anthony Simons and ruling out Dame, who has not played in a while, to the Clippers, and they didn't even have their return yet. So the the Blazers win, sure, you probably should be able to take care of business against CJ and friends. But the Clippers win, I thought, was legitimately impressive. The third quarter was strong. There was a fourth quarter run. I think Grayson Allen missing that game meant like there was just the the bench was so depleted with Pat and Bobby starting that it kind of made sense to me that the uh, the Clippers went on a run, especially because that's just a team of guys who can make legitimately tough shots. And those teams and a very, very well coached team as well, a very well coached team. And I think there was a lot more Norm Powell in the second half. And we know how Norm Powell plays against the Bucks. But they, they won. They came back and won. They put in the, the good players, 
and they won by a lot. So, you know, before we get to Greg Monroe and Greg versus Boogie and all this other stuff, you know, what were just your thoughts on the basketball over the weekend? I thought it was fun. Uh, It was really funny that they put up like exactly 137 points in both games, which is just it's well, it's insane. It's the same number and also a consistently high, high scoring output. Like I get it. The Blazers aren't a good defensive team. Like we can throw out the Blazers. The Clippers game was what was very, very impressive to me because they're a very well-disciplined team who has very good defenders and like who are playing above their level. Like Marcus Morris Sr., I tweeted this yesterday. He has no reason to be as good as he is offensively and defensively. Like there's there's absolutely no reason he should be this good, but he is, especially with got like their top two guys out, Kawhi the entire season. Paul George the last couple of months, and it looks like it's going to be a little bit longer. They're still holding strong because of players like Marcus Morris, because of guys like Terrence Mann, well, less so of late, but in general. Uh, and now they add guys like uh, Norman Powell and Robert Covington to an already strong squad. Like Zubats is always going to play fundamental basketball. It's a it's a very very good team. It's a good team of role players. That's it, it's almost like their Clippers team from before they got Kawhi Leonard <laughs> and Paul George. It sort of feels like, but that's what was very very impressive to me. They were able to dissect multiple looks. They were able to attack in multiple ways, and still put up insane scoring output. And give a lot of that is hot shooting, like Pat Connaughton going like what four or five from three in the third quarter, including one where he's falling down in the corner, like. Okay, you can't expect that on a regular basis, right? But it's the way that they're don't look. Uh, it's the way they're getting those shots. It's a lot of guys being great playmakers, making good decisions. Like Drew Holiday was dishing out thirteen assists last night, and he was hitting his step backs. Everything was going for him, and it's just like okay, this team is starting to figure it out a bit, and we'll talk about it in a little bit more later but Bobby Portis like you mentioned earlier he's really starting to thrive now because of an actual center being on the roster it's wild how that works but just overall my thoughts on the weekend is one it was really really fun to see the Bucks just just dominate teams again we haven't seen that in a little while now and two it's nice to see them do that in the manner in which they did yeah and I think on top of it just being enjoyable fun games to watch also, like whenever you can start out a West Coast trip with be- like the, it's a back to back West Coast trip starter, you win both of them. It's just nice. Like it's some um, yeah. West insurance. Coast trips are now easy. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I think the Lakers game tomorrow. Should, I think I'm going to stay up for it just because I think it's going to be fun. The Suns game, I, I might I might sleep through the Suns game. I don't know how fun that'll be. But although if the Bucks continue to... Might to, get some PTSD. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if the Bucks continue to play strong against contenders, that might be an awesome game. But in addition to starting off the West Coast trip on the right foot, Bucks are now again half a game outside of first in the Eastern Conference. So there's still so much at play. The East is insane. The top five teams are grand total of 1.5 games apart. And that does not include the Nets, who I think we'll get to the Nets a little bit later when we get to trade deadline chatter uh, in general terms, not for the Bucks, but hilarious. They are tied in record with the Celtics and Raptors. And like, have they been beat up? No, I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. I, I need to get get to some serious Bucks stuff before I laugh at Brooklyn for five straight minutes. Um Let's talk about Moose versus Boogie. This has been 
I, well, I just, first, I, let's talk about Moose. Yeah, let's because talk about Moose. We haven't talked about him since he's been signed. Uh, the Bucks signed Greg Monroe to a 10-day contract, which also just came out of nowhere. Yeah, like, it did. I don't think anyone was really expecting that. What day was that? Friday that he signed? Yeah, yeah he signed Friday. Yeah. No. No, he probably he, he signed Saturday. It was Saturday, in advance Saturday. of the, the first game. Yeah. So he signed Saturday. Coming back to this franchise after – this is uh, – it, it's weird. It's sort of how you can tell whether Bucks fans, when they join like the fandom, it's like what they think of the Greg Monroe signing. Yeah. Because if you've been there for a while, you know how big that signing was. He was the biggest free agent on the market that summer. It was assumed he was going to the Lakers. He was going to the Knicks. And then, no, he chose the Milwaukee Bucks. I remember just absolutely going he's nuts. Still, he's still yeah. the biggest free agent to yeah. choose the Bucks. Not the most impactful, agency. but no, he's the biggest. But still the biggest at the time. Yeah. It's going to be really hard to top, honestly. Yeah, it's like imagine uh, – what's a, what's a good comparison? What was that summer uh, uh, Summer of 2015 or 17? When Lamarcus Lamarcus Aldridge chose the Spurs, it's almost like that. Yeah, I don't remember Actually, what summer he, it was, but yeah, is that a good enough comparison? I think it's fair. I mean, you don't want to go with like it's obviously it's not like Kevin Durant. It's like Jimmy Butler going to the Heat. How about that? Yeah, it's like that. It's like, and again, we're not talking about in terms of players, obviously, but Monroe was one of the top like two guys in that he class. was the top guy yeah i mean it was pretty light class but still it, the lakers and knicks offered him more and he chose to play with the bucks and obviously it didn't work out at all i mean get gets fucked I mean, in, the blood, did, so. in a sense yeah, which well, gets that, you that year that year yeah. it did not work out at all um but it was a huge moment and what's funny to me is the time he signs a 10 day is going to be more impactful to the Bucks overall in some senses, or at least their chances of winning again. Because as we you mentioned earlier, they look like a whole nother team with him. I think a lot of that is just having another big man more so than having Moose in particular. But I think he's been pretty good so far, all things considered for, you know, a, a guy on a 10-day who was in the G League earlier this season. Yeah, he's looked really well coming in. I mean, our expectations of Moose were basically what our expectations of him were when he was with the Bucks in his first stint, but like, you know, toned down like 15 notches. Uh, like, you're not going to expect much defensively. You're going to expect a lot offensively, like a lot of good passing, a lot of good, you know, like offensive moves in the post. And then you just like, what whatever happens defensively happens, you know? Uh, that's completely sort of flipped a little bit in what we've seen in these first two games, which is ridiculous. His strongest attributes have been on the defensive end. He has very, very quick hands, which he always has. He's always had really quick hands. And one, he looks so much smaller. Like He is like, svelte, he, dude. It's insane. Like, Moose used to be thick. He yeah. is not thick anymore. No. Which, credit, credit to him. Yeah, he must but, have worked uh, his ass yeah. off, dude. Like, he looks like an entirely different human. Like, he looks like, and he kind of is now, like the rim running bigs we wanted the Bucks to add for so long. Like body type wise, that is how he looks. And that's crazy because when he I, I imagine he's gotta be down like fifty pounds from P oh, yeah. Pistons Bucks weight. Like it it it's no it's so noticeable. It's it's so noticeable. Just the way his like jersey fits and everything, it's just insane. I don't want to just like talk about Moose's body forever, but like it's it's, uh, it's a good thing though, I think. It, no, it's a very it's a good thing. Credit credit to him. Uh, yeah, he looks a lot more 
like what's the word I'm looking svelte. for? Svelte. Sure. Yeah. He's svelte. <laughs> uh, but he looks a lot. He looks a little bit quicker. Oh yeah. Uh, like you can see that steel he had in the uh, Blazers game, and he immediately started running in transition. Like that's Greg Monroe. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He's out here running on the fast break. Like what is happening here? He's looked good. He's picked and he's picked his spots offensively, which has been nice. He's gotten blocked a couple times because he just he doesn't have lift anymore. Yeah, which is a little sad. Well, he doesn't uh, have lift he, or strength. I think that's the big that's the one big downside of his body transformation. He's not moving any any bigs, I should say. And I think that's I think that's been the one negative, the big negative of his game. Because I think you know he couldn't hit anything against. Portland against LA he was finishing shots nicely like if he caught it in the paint moving toward the rim he still got good touch and he was still able to finish oh yeah the post-ups have been really bad he passed out of one once and it generated a good look that fell but um when he just tries to put like he tried to post up Serge Ibaka and I mean, you talk about two guys who are not what they used to be. I mean, Serge. It's like is, the it's like the Ewing. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Hakeem. Hakeem. Yeah, it really, yeah. it really is. <laughs> Except obviously, you know, a scaled down version. But he couldn't move Serge at all. He could not get over Serge. He he misses the first one. He grabbed the board, and I was like, okay, good hustle. Pass this out. He didn't pass that out, and it got demolished by Serge Ibaka, who again would. This is not 2012 Serge Ibaka. Like, he just can't finish over big guys in these post scenarios. And I do think that's probably the – like, that could be his Bucks downfall if he just keeps trying. He just needs to realize fast that, like – and the Bucks need to realize fast. That's not his game at all anymore. Like, he – and that's tough because he – you know, he made all his money as a post guy. He just so far has not been able to do it. And I, I don't – I'm not confident he will be able to do it. I think he still has good hands on offense and defense, but he's not going to be able to finish over Biggs' contested shots in the paint. And I think the more he tries, the more I at least will be frustrated when get him rolling off pick and rolls, like have him move in the dunker spot, set screens, crash the boards. I just I don't need to see him post up any more centers. I've seen enough in two games. That's not working. But the other stuff has been pretty good. Yeah, he's always been a good passer in addition to his hands. Like, I remember, I guess we'll talk about it now, but, like, when we were talking about Boogie, I the best comparison I had for him was Greg Monroe <laughs> because it's, like, his ability to pass the ball, his ability, well, at least Moose's former ability to post up guys and actually get buckets in the paint. But, uh, no, Greg Monroe, he has very good touch. He just offensively, you're right. I'm done. I don't need to see any more post-ups unless it's, like, a mismatch. Otherwise, there's no point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no point. I meant to add that if it's a guard, yeah. Like if he's got Reggie Jackson, I think, sure. I mean, just, you know, with his hands, like just spin around and, and drop the ball in. And and he showed that he has that touch, especially in the Clippers game after a bit of rust in the Portland game. But yeah, I just, if it's a center, like there's never design that. There's no need. Like there's always a better option than Moose posting up a big guy. Do some, do anything else. Maybe. Maybe not anything else, but most anything else. Um, yeah, both mostly. <laughs> but I will say, like, just defensively, because I don't just want to focus on the negatives. The way he's stuck in front of guards, especially in that Clippers game, some dynamic guards. And I, I remember one of the possessions I was most impressed by. He actually did get whistled for a foul on Reggie Jackson. 
But there was others like he st- he stayed in front of Norm Powell. Like that's not easy to do for anybody, much less a, a legit center. And again, a, a smaller version, but still got center size. He's still a big dude. It's not like he's Thon Maker arms out there. He's still big. He's just less big. Hey, don't disrespect my guy out there. He might be next up based on the Bucks trend this Let's season. Let's do it. I don't know about that. Um, but he did follow the Greg Monroe trajectory of going to the G League first this year, so it is possible. But um, but he just really is like and, – and you can tell he has really put work into this because the way he's doing it, like very purposefully like sidestepping, arms up, not reaching in, really trying hard not to foul. And it was funny because that one he got whistled for, I thought it looked clean again – they didn't show replays just initially. I thought it looked good, good defense at the very least. Wes was right there when the whistle got blown and they both reacted the exact same way. And you could tell Wes is like, I've done the same thing. and gotten called so many times, Moose. Just, I, I, I feel you, bud. I get it. I understand. Um, but I, it's been really, really impressive to see him work defensively. And I just think the optimized version of him would add a lot. And, and he's already adding a lot, I think, to the team just by being there. But the optimized version where he doesn't post up and just focuses on that stuff, legitimately, I think a good player, a good backup big, you know, we're not getting high, crazy hyperbole here, but a good player. Yeah, for sure. And one thing I just thought of as you were saying that, is he he's the fourth player to play in both the pre-Bud and Bud era, right? Giannis, Giannis, Chris, Chris. Ursan, and Moose. <laughs> um, yeah, suppose I'd have to look now. Well, no, because like I mean, there was a lot of guys on the team when it first turned over. Like, well, yeah, so I'm did. saying you like still now. on it. Yeah. Oh. Well, you can't count Ursan then. Oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> Not yet. Only the third, I guess, to to be on this team. Not yet. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. DeAndre Liggins going to go win an MVP in Russia or whatever and then come back. Now he's playing in uh, – where is he playing? China? Taiwan. Oh, Taiwan. I think it's Taiwan. He Snapchatted me the other day. <laughs> I know. It was weird. Do you have a school? It was weird. Is it – No. Is it I tried. To get to, uh, I tried. to Mitchell? <laughs> I tried to get a scoop. No, he is not in the league. <laughs> Actually, he'd probably go to Dallas considering we know how Jason Kidd feels about DeAndre Liggins. Um, so let, let's, let's do the debate because we, we've got somewhat limited time here. People are asking. The people want to know. Moose versus Boogie, which I just – I love that they have these iconic short nicknames. It, it's like it, – I don't know why, but I just get this vibe of like a Godzilla battle. Like it's like Godzilla versus what's, whatever the other big monster. I mean I know Mothra. Neither of them King are Mothra Kong? though. Well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to – I don't want Joe Rogan energy. Uh, on, oh god on comparison. no yeah no that was just the movie no, that I came know, out I last know, year there, there's other uh, that's why i strictly want lizards because i feel like there's okay. no sus godira what king godira yes sure i don't know what that is but that it's like that godzilla. three-headed dragon dude oh okay is it what's there's like an evil godzilla too evil. he's got like some red stuff on his back or something mecha godzilla yeah whatever two huge lizard things uh, the moose is faster, boogie is stronger, but people want to know. And you you weighed in beforehand, but I'll let you say it. I don't want to steal your thunder, but who do you think has been better for the Bucks this year, moose or boogie? I think boogie. I yeah. think boogie. Uh, well, one, he was better offensively. He was definitely better. Yep. It's, it's weird. It's like a dichotomy. Like 
so far Moose has been better on defense than offense and Boogie was better on offense than defense. It's, and it's sort of like, what, what do you prefer in this situation? And I guess in this situation, I would prefer to have a guy who's not going to get played off the floor because of his offensive ability. And that's yeah. likely what could happen to Moose. And again, this is for a backup big spot. At the yeah. end of the day, it's not going to matter. Like when it comes to playoff time, neither of those two, if they were on the team, are going to see time, like significant time, Hopefully. right? Hopefully. Yeah. Assuming all goes well, they're not going to see the floor. Well, <laughs> so this is just, no, I, not really. I, if, I, I like think, all goes well, Brooke is healthy. No. No, I think depending on matchup, maybe one of them like gets a few minutes just if they need a big guy to throw at a center. Okay. Sign- significant time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fair. Um, so I think Boogie was better in, in Bucks' tenures so far. And I think, you know, I have the stats here. Boogie averaged 9.1 points, 5.8 boards, 1.1 assists, 1.4 stocks, steals plus, bo- steals plus blocks, shot 60% from two, 27% from three. I think Boogie's version of the bad post-ups is all the threes when it just clearly is not a good shot for him. Um, That was his fatal flaw in offense. It dragged his field goal percentage down to like 48, I think. So on first blush, it looks like Moose was actually finishing better. But it's just that Boogie missed so many threes that he probably should not have taken. He was better from two. Um, In about 17 minutes, not a plus 7.7 net rating. Moose, even in the two nice wins, is like a plus three. He's averaged 7.5 points, five boards, one assist. Half a steal, shooting about 54% from two, does not shoot three. So actually, maybe a positive. Like, don't even bother. Take out the post-ups too. I want to see I want to see him try. I want to see him try to shoot a three in one of these games. It, it would not shock me if he had like a random didn't John Henson end up shooting like 66% on threes one year because he made like two or three or something. Or oh, yeah. They were all in the, like the first game of the Bud Air. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Moose was like randomly one for two one night and then just Never did it again, which I think is sick. Um, but I think Boogie or if you're one for two, keep doing it. It's Greg Monroe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know. He's worked on his game. Sometimes it's the gambler fallacy. Sometimes you need to know. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. See, I don't know that. If you're Greg Monroe, you got to know when to fold them. If you're shooting 50% from three, that's okay. I'm done. I'm good. Um, Boogie was better. I think uh, in, in the times played, I will say though, 
It took Boogie a couple games to warm up with the Bucks, and he came from a colder spot than Moose. Moose played in the NBA this year for the Wolves and was pretty good there. He had more points, I think, there, but obviously the Bucks have all their stars healthy right now, so there's just not that many shots. Yeah, it was him and Jalen Noel. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was during like the real scary COVID hours, and now we just ignore it, so it's fine. Um, congrats, NBA. You beat it. Um, but And then he obviously played in the G League, too, whereas Boogie just t- truly came from the couch, so I'm not expecting Moose to like double all his numbers or anything like it felt like Boogie did after his first few games, but it has only been two games. So, you know, maybe maybe that changes my take. And if the question is who's been better so far, Boogie, if the question is who would you rather have for the rest of the season? My take is it actually kind of depends. I think the baseline of both. Like the, you know, median outcome, you'd probably rather have Boogie. I am intrigued by the higher, like the high upside potentially of Moose if this defense is real. And I'm really, I really hope he plays significant minutes against the Suns. I really want to see him function against that team. But I do think there's a chance he's more useful, like in the playoffs, if you ever need him, than Boogie if this defense is like this. Like, I think a guy like that is a guy I'd rather have around longer term. But the the to be clear, Love Boogie would gladly take Boogie back also. Probably don't need both, but whatever. And the obvious answer is you need one of them or someone else and not no big guy because they look so much better with one. But I do think if you're if you buy Moose's defense and I need to see the Suns game and I hope he plays but if you buy Moose's defense, I don't think it's crazy to say you'd rather have him for the rest of this season. No, it's not crazy at all because the defense has just been outstanding, outstanding. Yeah. And if he's going to continue to pick and choose his spots offensively and finish the way he is, again, this is a lot to ask. Exactly. We, we, lot, just, we need lot. more. We, we just need more. We've seen, I don't know, 30 total minutes so far. And it's like it's easy to look worse or better than you are in a 30 minute size. So we still only get 10 days, at least for now, but it's, it's, it's extrapolating a ton. Yeah, it, it definitely is. But uh, I agree. If, if, uh, if he continues to, to perform the way he has been performing, he's probably a guy you would want around this team more. And it's funny, like they're both like enforcers too. It's just like, you need that type of guy. Yeah. Like Boogie's obviously more demonstrative in that regard. Yeah, <laughs> definitely more. <laughs> but Definite. they're How many both. How does he have in Denver? Four. <laughs> oh my god! How He's also been ejected. Bucks? I don't know. Only like He's one also or been two, ejected. Jesus, Boogie. He's he's <laughs> protesting. Him. He wants to go back to Milwaukee. I love him so much. Uh, he's great. <laughs> he's great. I, I, if he does stick around there, I hope he has a great season there. Same. Always rooting for Boogie, but. Uh, no, it's you, you can't really go wrong. Again, they're both very similar players, not in terms of the way they play, but the role that they can have. Yeah. Which is which is what makes this an interesting discussion. It's funny how much higher the hit rate has been for the Bucks on minimum guys in season versus before the season. Isn't that crazy? Like you would expect you would expect the offseason guys, because you have more time to, you know, integrate them before the year. And obviously this year was tough, but it's been tough in season two to integrate guys. 
The three guys they signed during the season, Wes Matthews, DeMarcus Cousin, Greg Monroe, have all been, I mean, two-way guys are two-way guys, but those three on actual NBA deals have been way better than the minimums they signed before the season, which is Rodney Hood, Shemi Ojale. Am I forgetting one? I think that's it, right? Yeah. It hasn't even been close. It's like, that's just crazy. I, I mean, maybe the... The extra time getting the well, I was gonna say getting to see those guys play. Monroe is the only one who played anywhere before they signed him. Like it's wild how how they've added now three impact players, and by impact I just mean like you know fitting into the rotation, being helpful um, through making an impact. Yeah, yeah. Well, I people I feel like always just love to pick and oh, you think Greg Monroe's an impact player? Like yeah, he's having an impact on the Bucks. I mean, it's that simple. Um, but it's been impressive that they've been able to add and pivot. But I'm not shocked. I do think the nice thing is, though, if you do, if like if you can keep Monroe for the rest of the season, let's say he continues to look this good, and they give him a rest of season or at least another ten day, I think it does give you more security at the deadline. Like you're you're less desperate, if that makes sense. Because if they hadn't added Wes or currently Monroe, this roster is like super dire right now. Yeah. Yeah. It really is like there's holes everywhere and uh, they, they've definitely needed to make these additions. And I don't know, like it's, it's very, it's very good that they've hit because if they haven't hit, <laughs> if they weren't going to hit, they'd be in a much worse spot than they are right now. Yeah, absolutely. Although I, one, one last note uh, and Wes is slumping right now. I'm still all in on Wes. I think he's smartly getting all the misses out of the way. I think it's kind of been, it seems like it's coincided with that injury too. So I'm just going to give him some time, but he, he has not been good over the last 10 games or so. Offensively, defensively, he's he's providing the same stuff. I, I think it's a lot easier to look good on this team, though, just because, you know, the it's the system, it's the guys in place, even if the defense isn't the same. Playing next to Giannis should be so easy, which is why it's almost unbelievable how bad Shemi Ojale has been. And his last game, he looked decent. Uh, he's not really played since. I, I, Cause you know, it's bad, but it's just like, God, I still can't believe that flamed out so hard, man. I can. I know. I know you, a huge dub for you. Yeah. I don't want to win. No, Let I know. me be clear. I know, but it is. I know you clearly yeah. were right. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, it is. Let's talk about uh, what it means to have a center on the roster itself, because we talked about that earlier. You see Bobby Portis thriving right now, and it's no no accident that it's because he has another center on the floor. Ty, I know this is your thing. You want to elaborate? Yeah, the the Bucks are ten and three now this year after last night when the big three plays with a center, whether it's Lopez, Cousins, or Monroe. And I was countered by saying, "Well, they're twelve and two, I think, when they the big three plays without without a true center." Then, which yeah, it's a better record, but I do think. A lot of those games were in like the Orlando-y part of the schedule and everything. I think the team has looked better overall when they do have that center option. Um, but I just think it adds so much in terms of even if it's 15-ish minutes a game, which it, I mean, Boogie was up to 17, but just a portion of the game when neither Giannis nor Boog- or Bobby needs to be the center defensively. I think it's been really good for both of those guys. Like, I, you know, were the Blazers or Clippers ever going to contain Giannis? Probably not with their personnel. But 
I think he looks more energized too. And defensively, I think he looks better. I think Giannis has clearly missed playing off of a center defensively and just having more size there. His weak side defense, I mean, he had a crazy block against the Clippers. He like he's comfortable with that. He likes that. And I do think this season is showing me Giannis's ideal position might not be four or five. It might be four or five, like even long-term. He, he might always want to have both options. And I think that's probably worth the whole pod in itself. We don't have to dive deep into that. But I just think the team looks so much better. And it's just like, you know, the same way we talk about adding Drew makes Chris's life easier and Giannis's and everyone below him because of the ball handling and everything. I think it's the same idea with adding a center is like take some of that physicality out of what Bobby and Giannis have to worry about and unleashes them to just go dominate in other aspects of the game. And I just think, you know, I mentioned it earlier during our Moose versus Boogie thing, but they have to have someone the rest of the way. I, I just think it's striking. And I think if you don't, that's just like mal, malfeasance, malpractice. It's malpractice at this point. And, you know, I think we've let Horst off the hook on a lot of things. At this point, like, I don't care how tight the tax constraints are. Make the damn trade to dump Shemi and keep the center already. Because that's clearly on the table. It's not that expensive to dump a vet min. Like, something needs to be done. And uh, the ownership You thing, did it with Tory Craig last year. Yeah, they didn't really need to give up anything, did they? They just gave him no. away. They were just like, here, here you go. Here's Tory Craig. Have a Tory Craig. Here yeah. you go, Phoenix. But it's like, it's if they have another run without another center, I mean, injuries or whatever is one thing. But like, if they choose not to, that to me is on horse. Like, we've got too much evidence now of how helpful it is. Make it happen at this point. For sure. For sure. They have to. It's like you said, there's too many benefits. There's a clear way to do it, even while. Uh, Keeping the keeping the money tight, we know these owners are struggling money wise. So, <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta keep that in consideration. Obviously, time. Uh, yeah, we're setting up a GoFundMe for unlikely bonuses from now on, just to make sure everything's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's good. Um, but yeah, you just got to, you have to you have to like. There's no reason not to, and it benefits the team. It's not a coincidence that immediately once you sign a center, you start blowing teams out again. Yeah. It's wild. And also, I, I think, and and I this it's it's a multifaceted thing to an extent. I think it being a center specifically helps. I think also it's the same. I said this when they got rid of Boogie, too. Also, you just need more players coming off the bench who can do something. And in this, especially in this Clippers game, when Grayson's out, so Pat starts. So you're starting, obviously, Christianis Drew plus Bobby and Pat. Your bench is Dante, Hood, Wara, Wes, who's in a slump, and Boogie, or not Boogie, excuse me, Moose. Uh, I, I don't know if that changed by the end of the game, but in like when, when the Clippers were mounting their comeback, they got it down to like 11 or 10 or something. Boogie had out, or goddamn, Moose had outscored the rest of the bench combined. And it's just like, also, the bench just sucks when, they, when they're down a player or two. I did a YouTube video about this, the real problem with the Bucks. You can check it out on the Eurostep Podcast Network YouTube. But the real problem, in addition to being super thin at center, they're just thin on useful players. And if they're down another player or two plus Lopez, they don't have enough points off the bench. Player of three, I guess. They were down Lopez... Uh, no, two. Lopez, Grayson, Hill. 
There's just not enough scoring there. And Moose having eight points, like, really mattered. Like, it's really a big deal. So, in addition to needing the big, because it helps, they also just need to have another player off that bench who's like, all right, this guy can come in, score eight points on five shots, and, and just do useful stuff, which is not a given with Dante, certainly not a given with Hood or Wara. Or, you know, Shemi doesn't even get in games anymore. Like, it's it's bad out here. Yeah, maybe we need to uh, – is Lindell Wigington higher on the pecking order than Shemi? He did get into a game before him. Was that the Clippers game or the, the Blazers yeah. game or the last game before that? I think both. God, that's – oh, my – like, come on, man. It's a yikes. It's, it's a such yikes. a yikes. That is a yikes. <laughs> Although, is Lindell no, I, still perfect? Uh, no, I don't think he's perfect he is. anymore. Oh, is he? Yeah, no wonder. Oh, wow. Lindell should play over everyone. Shooting a thousand percent through five games, nearly twenty minutes. You know, it would be a hundred percent. Well, it shows three zeros on Basketball Reference, so that's why it confused me. <laughs> six shots, six for six, four twos, two threes. His uh, his uh, EFG is one point one six seven. Pretty good. His effective field goal percentage. Yeah, I couldn't remember what the first, what the E word was. <laughs> I could tell when you said EFG. EFG. This is almost as good as Pippum. <laughs> Pippum. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Kranjus. Kranjus. Um, um Yeah. Uh, are we done with the uh, Moose Boogie? Do you want to talk trade deadline? Yeah, stuff? let's talk trades. Um, you know, I just think just think it's cool in general. I like these big guys, the the two big guys they've added, just some cool big guys. I hope Oh yeah. Either it's it's one. really cool to have Greg Monroe again. Also, it is. It is. It's awesome to see him again. And I just everything he's done again, except for the post ups. But like the way, like this is gonna sound like I'm in too deep. I'm always in too deep on the Bucks. He got subbed out at one point while the camera was on him, and he like pointed toward the guy and like damn near sprinted back to the bench. And I was like, this guy is so locked in. And I mean. Going going the G League route to get back into the NBA during a COVID season to get 10 days for the Wolves and Bucks when you have earned $100 million? Got to be close like that. to that. It's got to be close. A lot of money. Like enough money to not need to worry about this anymore. That, look at like, what John Henson's doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could just be on tweet about crypto for the rest of your life and, and be very Go comfortable. fishing. Go fishing. Like, he clearly wants this super badly. And same with Boogie, who, again, has made a lot of money and has gone through a ton. You know, Monroe hasn't had the injuries. Monroe's played more, made, made more money than Boogie. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, that Monroe got a nice contract from the Bucks. Boogie got an okay one from the Pelicans. Boogie, has, has he, Monroe made more, really? Uh, I'm checking right now. I think Boogie would because he just was around longer and he made all those all-star teams. But... Monroe is, they both made a good amount. It's just, I, I just think it's cool. To so see. Greg Monroe's made over $77 million. God, so a lot of that typed, was that Bucks contract. I just typed in boogie and spot track. Uh, <laughs> it should work. Come on, spot track. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins has made 93. Okay. Yeah. That's got, way more than I thought. He got a sec, a good second contract from the Kings, I think. And then he got another nice Pelicans contract. No, he didn't get a Pelicans contract because he tore his Achilles. Oh, that's, that's the right. thing. He was set to sign the Supermax. So that's why the Kings traded oh. him in his last season. And then he tore his Achilles. Well, that second contract must have been big. Oh, uh, yeah. It had to be big from the Kings. It was like 15 per. Yeah. So, okay. That that, that gets you there. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, both guys who could very easily, you know, try to go into commentary or do a podcast on Blue Wire. If you want to hit me up, Boogie and Moose, um, or just do nothing. You know, $50 million is enough to just like invest in a couple, a couple nice index funds and sit around and, and they're still, they're still doing the thing. It's impressive. Okay. Trades. Um, let's do buck stuff first. And we're not going to go. We did. We just had a trade deadline pod with Jordan Tresky, the great Jordan Tresky. Go listen to that. If you haven't already, um, we went through a lot of options and, and ideas and scenarios. Let's just talk about what's at the actual buzz and actual trades that have happened. So only one real bit of buzz around the bucks has been Dennis Schroeder, who the Celtics are broke. And they want to dump him to get under the tax, which I think is hilarious. Um, they might also trade Marcus Smart. I, I love this. There's some franchises I love to see in shambles. The Celtics are one of them. You're anti-Dennis Schroeder. I'm not pro-Dennis Schroeder. But here's what I want to pose to you. If, they, if the trade is simply swapping Dante DiVincenzo for Dennis Schroeder, are the Bucks not better off this season? No. I think they are. No, they're not. I don't like Schroeder very much, but I think they're better Dennis Schroeder commands more attention on ball, which is taking away from more players that should have the ball in their hands. For all his flaws, you should better – you shouldn't give Dante DiVincenzo the ball. Even the Bucks are starting to learn that. that they are they? Don't, a little bit, a little bit. They've also been down George Hill and Grayson Allen, so they need someone to actually handle the ball. So, Dante – is somewhat that guy. The The one thing he's been doing is bringing the ball up the court and immediately giving it to someone else on the wing, which has been good. Like, yeah. good job, Dante. Uh, don't do more than you need to. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 no, just no. I just, I, I, I don't like Dennis Schroeder as a basketball player and as a person. I just think, yeah, that's fair. I, I, his production would be helpful. I get your, your, case what production? There. 14 and four. On crazy usage. 12 shots. 14 points on 12 shots. That's not great. 35% from three is not great. 48% from two is pretty good. It's all right. Sub 50. It's how is that three bucks bench players put together to get there? They just they need more guys who can do that kind of stuff. Like I don't again, I cannot reiterate strongly enough. Not a fan of Dennis Shooter. On or off court. I don't think Bud is either. I I, I don't know if this is real at all. But I, I do think, like, just putting him in for Dante and, and just all the same Dante A stuff. selling low on Dante. I don't think it is at this point. And he, let's say, let, okay, maybe not. Let's say all the rumors are true and they want to try to re-sign him in the offseason. You still get a tradable contract, which we know how valuable that is. Not That's if the better guy value. is bad. Not if the That's guy still is bad, better, it's It's not. still better value than Dennis Schroeder. Come on. Just let him leave. I'm fine with that. Sure. I, I don't love it. I would rather they probably didn't do it. But if it – and again, it depends what you're giving up. If, if you're giving up George Hill, I'm out. But I, I think if you're giving up Dante – and can you squeeze an asset out of Boston? They have a couple extra second-round picks. Because, I don't know. They want to get not. under the tax. If, if you get Schroeder and a, a second-round pick for Dante. Fine. I don't know. I, I I could see it. I could see him sabotaging the Bucks. I could also. I, that's see him. that's what I'm worried about because he. It's just he's he's not been impact. Like he's put up the stats, but he's not been an impactful player. 
he has been at times. I mean, the game against the Bucks, he was impactful. <laughs> his career high. It would be kind of sad if they traded for him after that. Because I feel like the Bucks have a bad habit of doing that. What do you put up forty in that game without Giannis? It's just insane. He he just he does have more scoring ability. I think they need that. I, I would prefer it not to be Dennis Schroeder. But I mean, I just don't know how many guys you you're gonna find who can put up fourteen and four like numbers. For basically free, and Dante's not free, but it seems like the asking price for Schroeder in particular. But that's like that's like the one asset they have. Yeah, it's true. You know, but you have to. It kind of has to be him for the salaries to work. Is the problem? So just don't do it then. I mean, yeah, I'm fine. Again, I'm not. I'm not clamoring for Schroeder. I, I just. I would not hate it off rip. I'd have to see how it plays out first. I just. I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I'm out. I'm all the way out on Dennis Schroeder. That's fair. All the way. Do you remember the great Jeff Teague, Dennis Schroeder debate of like 2016? 2015, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were both the on fourth... the Hawks? Yeah. yeah. It's like, which one's going to be the point guard of the future? Turns out neither. No. no. But at least Schroeder is one of them, the NBA. One of them's an NBA champion with Bud, though. Fair. Fair point. Uh, was Schroeder on that's, the that's team funny. that won? Uh, no. Okay. It was a year after. Yeah. And then he didn't get any offers aside from the Celtics mid-level. I think that's telling. Be, I think that's going to be a lot of guys now, though. Especially this next year. There's like four teams with cap space. I know. He also turned down a 20 mil contract extension. So would I don't you feel want bad to play for him the Lakers? I would want $20 million per year, yes. Fair. I would absolutely do that. I would absolutely do that. And also, if I was on the Lakers, it would never be my fault. Because, like, what do you expect? I I don't know. I think people on the Lakers tend to not like overpriced point guards not playing very well. That's I, okay. I think, I think those players have I'll been take my I'll take my 20 mil per year. I'll take that straight to the bank. But if you want to cut me, cut me. Then I still just make my money and I don't have to deal with it. You do not have the Greg Monroe hustle. Ron is like, I'm good. I'm not. The G League? No, I'm good. I got I'm good, dollars. I gotta I gotta take the John Henson route. I'm just gonna go do whatever I want. I'm tweeting today. I got a busy <laughs> schedule. Um okay, so let's talk about around the league trades then. Um because that's really all the Bucks buzz right now. So the two deals that happened, Karis Levert to Cleveland. Um, and we're going to spend like a minute on each of these. For a first, a good second, a Houston second. We know firsthand those are good picks. And Rubio's contract. I I don't know. I, I think, I think it's, good, it's good for Cleveland. I think it probably is, but there's a chance it's bad for Cleveland. I mean, it's no cost. Like Rubio was injured. It's it, but it's like that's that was their package for this year, though. So I think there's an opportunity cost at least. Yeah, but I don't know who else they were going to get. Uh, someone who's young-ish. See, I, but why does the guy have to be that young? Because I, there's st- th- this isn't the final form of this Cleveland. Team. I, you're I still know, trying but, to see what you got. But you're allowed. I, I I just I don't think that Karras is going to magically develop into a core guy for them. And I think I would rather I just have a better player for like the next two years. Even if that player is not going to be around for the, you know, the second contract of Darius Garland or Evan Mobley, just to like, you know, maybe he's a springboard and then a, a salary to get you to a better player who does line yeah. up with them. If I'm the Cavs, I would have rather traded like just the second and Rubio's deal for Eric Gordon or just the first. Because I just think Eric Gordon is way better. And I think like. But Eric Gordon's gone after this year. Probably. I think he has another year, doesn't he? 
Oh, you're right. You're yeah. Right. So next year or maybe in the offseason, then you trade him for someone. He's still got value. You know, I, I don't think Karras is terrible, but I do I do wonder if he's ultimately like a roughly even assist to turnover, 20 shots, 19 points kind of guy. I just don't know if that – I know they need scoring this year. Maybe that is what they need uh, while Sexton's out. But I, I don't know. And, and then like does this really just mean you're done with Sexton? I, I don't think Sexton and Levert is good. I would have preferred them to spend a little less and probably and get Gordon. I just think they're better. And, I, you know, realistically, are they going to win the East? Probably not. But this year is crazy. You know, go get the one seed. Get yourself maybe to the second round. Definitely to the second round, I should say. Maybe to the, to the third round. I don't know. I, that, I, it's, I'm picking Nits. I think it's a fine trade. I don't think it shakes up the East or anything, though. No, I think the Cavs got better. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I think they needed the scoring. And then the yeah. other trade. Well, I sorry. mean, you're adding talent, yeah. which is, just makes you better. Like Rubio again is ACL, ACL, and he's well, done. It probably it's like it's the shooter thing. I think it probably makes you better. I don't think it. I think Karis Levert and Dennis Schroeder are very different personalities. Yeah, no, personality wise for sure. But I think I don't think I don't think Karis Levert is going to make people upset. No, I just think he might not make shots, and I think that can. You're taking away shots from guys who made a lot of shots. Yeah, but I think Cleveland has a strong enough culture, which is wild to say already. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about culture. It's just it's just play. I, I don't think anything wrong about Karras off the court. Yeah. The other trade. Um, what the hell, Blazers? Norm <laughs> Norm Powell and Robert Covington for Eric Bledsoe and what Keon Johnson? Johnson and like a second round pick. Yep. And did they get a second too, or no? I don't Did they think give so. a second too? I mean, or no? I no, no, no. Why? What? To get under the tax. But it, like, you can't get any first round picks. And I know Keon was just drafted, but we all know it's not a one to one. It's not your guy. It's just some guy who got picked in the twenties. This was terrible. Oh, it was awful. Those it are was good a terrible players. Team. Yeah. Dave come to Milwaukee. Norm. Or give us Tony Snell. I, they're clearly open for business, and no, 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 no. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Obviously, give us Larry Nance Jr. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Give us. They'll, they'll trade both for Jordan Wara and salary. If the Bucks had salary, they'd probably do that. Sure, why not? <laughs> can we can we cut off some more money? Uh, I, pff, Joe Cronin, not a great start uh, as the as the exact. Technically, he's temporary right now. Interim, yeah. I would assume you're going to let him stick around if you're going to let him make these moves, but. Maybe not after seeing that one. And I, I keep seeing people say, like, oh, we got to wait and see what he does the rest of the deadline. Why? It doesn't matter. Look he at what Karis trade. LeVert got. Like, what the Pacers got for Karis LeVert. But, and this is, this is a standalone trade. Like, he could make a great trade a day from now. That's still a crappy trade that wasn't clearly wasn't good value. Like, what are they going to trade CJ for? Josh Hart, a bad first and, and more salary? They might, and then give us Josh Hart. Yeah, but I mean, the real, the real. We're talking about Schroeder. I thought of this: if they buy out Eric Bledsoe, which oh my is God, bring him to the Bucks. Bring him to the Bucks. Immediately, super sixth man. And I think there are some people who hate this idea. I think some people view Bledsoe as like emblematic of all the worst parts of the the bad buck the bad Bucks uh, flameouts in the playoffs. I think as a sixth man, he would be awesome. Yeah, I just want to see Bledsoe win a ring, man. Yeah. That like, he did so much for this team. West? Oh, my God. Uh, George Hill. Yeah. 
just to give us Robin, please. Let him sign like a 10-day and so he can get his ring. <laughs> we're we're out of time. We're gonna have to do a whole pod at some point on just the mess that the Sixers and Nets have been. But mm-hmm. the fact that there's Color Star. It, uh, we haven't done Color Star at all, which sucks. It's conceivable that the Nets trade James Harden at the deadline. What on earth is happening? They're in the play right know. now. What? I don't know. It's it's awesome though. It's it's great content. I just did I you see you saw the uh, did you see the Woj and uh, Ramona article this morning where it was like uh, what was the conversation? So you what about James? James who? Harden? No. I I did a <laughs> I, I typed it up in Word to do a funny tweet, but I changed it from Harden to Johnson, but but Mark still says no. I don't know why but that made me laugh. <laughs> James who? James Johnson. No, he said flatly. Um, we need blood sport. I'm too scared to trade him uh, like Rohan is. Um, oh, yeah. Big James Johnson guy. I love you, James. But like my two-second thought is like you're so bad if you're trading Harden for Simmons. And especially Mid-season. People are saying, like, oh, he's a great compliment to KD and Kyrie. What about half the games when Kyrie isn't there? KD just, just looking at Ben Simmons not shooting. Oh, I'm glad we have Nick Claxton and, and bigger Nick Claxton around. Thank I'm God. Glad we have, I'm glad we have Jared Allen and Karis LeVert. <laughs> just like, what a mess. Can dude. you imagine those two on this team, on this Nets team? Hard we to picture Kevin Jared Allen on this team. It's wild. Can't imagine. Dude, they'd be so good. And like they'd four be first round so, picks. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then they go and trade for like Bradley Beal. I don't know if that helps, but I I just you absolutely do not have to feel for the Nets like a, a superstar driven. Oh, imagine imagine team. if they traded for Drew Holiday instead. That was the big thing, right? That's what opened up the Bucks to get Drew because they got caught up with Harden. What a shame! You know what? Hilarity, pure. Hilarity. I forgot about that until right now. <laughs> Three guys trying to run for the grind and it falling apart will never not be hilarious. <laughs> Never not be hilarious. Like and, hey, if you want to, if you want to keep giving Bucks titles because of it, I'm fine. Absolutely. I, you know what? I blow up the chemistry as much as possible. Then don't do the trade. So Ben is still sitting at home, and Harden is probably also still sitting at home, and Kyrie is sitting at home, and KD is sitting at home. That part is sad. I do feel for KD, but Kyrie and Harden just leaving because of vaccine and disgruntlement for the third straight team. Are are hilarious. So the second straight team didn't really happen with yeah. OKC, but no, that would that would be hilarious. But we do have to wrap this yep. up. Say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you did enjoy the show, leave a five star rating on Apple, Spotify. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to the Substack, gspn.substack.com. Pod random, everyone, and we will talk to you next time.